Okay, I'm gonna be honest. I wasn't the guy who was into holistic medicine. However, that was before I tried the great product at West Wind Medical Resource and Holistic Wellness. And yo, let me tell you something, man. I got a pack from West Wind with some soap. And yo, the Caribbean black soap with charcoal, yo, got my skin feeling baby butt soft. Loving it. Not to mention, man, the turmeric face and body soap, on point. The oat and honey foam, got all my blemishes out the way, man. So if you're looking for something to help your body and to treat yourself, go to www.westwindsupply.online and check out their whole section of natural self-care products. That's www.westwindsupply.online and you'll be glad you did. Common Knowledge Podcast, just a man doing the best he can with what he got. And I've been holding off from talking about this because I was trying to see where the controversy is going to lead us. But hey, let's, let's just talk about Dave Chappelle. And there's a big whole jumbly gobbly goop of things to talk about and controversies and people walking out of work and getting fired and activism and oh boy. I'm going to try to touch on all that, but you know what? First, before we do anything, let's just talk about the special, man. So I'm at home just, you know, perusing through Netflix, taking a break from editing my new album, El Spadia 2, coming out November 16th. And bam, I see the day spell special. Close. I'm like, oh shit, let me check it out. So it's going to be honest, man. Not the funniest special dude done did. It's not. Starts off pretty slow picks up speed in the middle and ends with a bang but like the special itself man not not the best one i've seen of dave chappelle also dave chappelle's always had a sophomore type of humor a lot of potty jokes that's who dave chappelle is so like he is who he is but dude is the master of the callback like he will say something in the first beginning of his set and then do a callback to it in a minute the, uh, the middle or the end of the set which is masterful the way he does that man he does calls back callbacks masterfully so i love the way he does comedy in that sense but this one man wasn't that funny bruh wasn't that funny and when you start getting to the controversy around it i think it all depends on perspective how are you looking at this from what lens are you looking at this and what group you're in when you're looking at this because I've heard everybody have opinions about this. And I'm just like, uh-huh, cool, cool. <laughs> That's how you feel about it. But I'm not saying any of those opinions, including myself, is the right opinion to have. Now, let me just say this. Comedians have a lot of levity. It should be have a lot of levity. Comedians have the daunting job of trying to make us laugh. And comedy is all subjective, so you're always stepping on landmines when you're trying to do comedy. And I totally acknowledge that. However, I feel like if you're in the comedy profession, then I am assuming that you can kind of navigate through the cultural terrain and make something funny. Or maybe I'm giving comedians too much credit, but I feel like, yo, you can do that. There was a point in time when blackface was comedy. Like, yo, you put on some blackface, you get some shoe polish on your face if you was white, dance a few jigs. You know, drop a few racial slurs and 
do a caricature of black voices and bam, there you go, man. That's comedy. Ha 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 ha. You know, but the paradigm shifted and blackface wasn't accepted no more. So comedians stopped that. You know, comedy changes. The landscape changes and you're going to have to change the landscape. Right. So that's it. A thing as well. Now let's talk about the controversy surrounding this special. Now, to be fair, this special did hone in on the transgender community. Now, I will argue rightfully so because Dave Chappelle has consistently got backlash from the transgender community on his previous first two specials. So it's kind of apropos that this one was called The Closer because he was putting to rest the controversy of the first two, which did stem around his transgender jokes. And I do think, once again, talking about perspective from a black man, I think there were some valid points made. Some valid points made that, yo, as a black man in America, I am jealous of how far uh, the gay and transgender movement has made it in comparison to how far that black people have made it in our movement and our fight for equality. Because once again, there are parallels between the gay community, the transgender community, and the black community. However, as a black man, I feel like everybody likes to equate their struggle to the black struggle. Like we are the gold standard of struggle in America. So when something bad happens to a marginalized group of people, they instantly say, well, you treat me like I'm black because we have a habit of treating black people like garbage. Right. And Dave Chappelle's special addressed that. And that's a feeling I have honestly, as a black man, I do feel like the reason why, the gay and transgender movement has made it farther in such a short period of time than the fight for equality amongst for the black people in America is because that movement, the gay and transgender movement has white males and it makes a difference. We got to acknowledge that. Like if we're going to acknowledge that white privilege is a thing, which it is because everybody got privilege. I have privilege being black, certain kind of privilege that you can't do. Once again, I can say the N word. If you're white, you can't say it. That's a privilege I have. It's a small privilege, but yes, it's a privilege. But white males have a lot of privilege. So white males can move the conversation forward in a way that black people can't. And look, man, empathy is a thing, especially when you have somebody in your family who's gay. Like that instantly is another level of like understanding when you have somebody in your family coming out and saying, yo, man, I'm gay. Or you have somebody in your family saying, yo, uh, you know, I feel like I'm trans. I want to switch my genders. There you go. I mean, it, it, it makes a difference and we can't pretend like it didn't. And I felt like this Dave Chappelle special adequately explained some of the angst that black people have when looking at some of these other movements in America. But if you are a person, a trans person, I can understand why you would be upset. A lot of the set did focus on transgender people and gay people for that matter. It did. A lot of it was focused on your community. 
I didn't think it was that bad. But once again, that's not for me to decide because I'm not a member of that community. So if you're a member of that community and you had a problem with some of the comedy, I, I get it. I totally get it. And you have a right to be heard. Which goes to the controversy at Netflix. Now, before I get into that, like, let me just give Netflix its roses. As a person on the outside looking in, Netflix has done a lot to try to be all-inclusive. Like, they've put black shows on there, shows with gay representation. Not so much with trans representation. It needs to be more, but they've been trying to be all-inclusive. There's a joke that, yo, if you want to pitch a show to Netflix, it has to have a gay, a trans person, a black person, and a few lesbians. Like, yo, that's the joke, because Netflix is trying to be all-inclusive. Also, they have a policy at the Netflix uh, workhouse where, yo, speak your mind. If you feel a certain kind of way, speak what you're saying. So, Netflix has a in my opinion, on the outside looking in, a pretty substantial uh, employment of the trans community. And a lot of their employees did not like Dave Chappelle's special. They felt like it was transphobic and could be harming to people in the community. And then the co-CEO of Netflix uh, Mr. Sarando, Ted Sarando, said that, yo, we don't allow titles on Netflix that are designed to incite hate or violence. And we don't believe the closer crosses that line. And of course, his trans, um, trans employees said, no, no, it does, man. It does cross the line. Also, the argument was made that, yo, this is not going to, because it's comedy, is not going to lead to real life hate and incitement. Honestly, from my perspective, I don't see how that can incite hate myself. But I'm willing to listen to somebody in the trans community who says this will incite hate and, and have it explained to me. It's one of those, in my opinion, the rap music argument. Oh, you know, rap music is killing the black community. Well, what you mean? Well, it's not like society killing the black community. It's not the lack of opportunity, the lack of education and, not, and jobs. That's not killing the black community. It's just rap music. I kind of feel like that's the argument that the trans people are making with Dave Chappelle's comedy. Yep, that's going to incite violence. And I'm not saying it's not, but that's only a small, small margin of the problem so, in actuality. So, Netflix is firmly supporting Dave Chappelle. Uh, a corner of Netflix trans employment are not supporting him to the point that they're planning a walkout. They're walking out in protest to all the transphobic jokes that Dave did. Once again, they're right. I have no problem with that. However... I'll be interested in seeing the consequences for that. There is a counterpoint to this in the black community. Uh, we have a guy called Colin Kaepernick who actually protested at his job and things didn't go well for that guy. So I'll be like interesting. It'd be interesting to see what would be the after effect of this protest that the, um, the trans community at Netflix and what's the, um, the benefit for them. I saw they already got support from uh, various 
celebrities about the uh, the walkout that they're doing. So, you know, it would be interesting to see that. But totally they're right once again. If they feel so strongly about Dave Chappelle's comedy and feel like it's damaging to their community, they have a right to protest. And I firmly support them in doing that. But now we get to the point that I'm really trying to make. Council culture is not a real thing. I've been telling y'all this for the longest. I've been preaching this. There is really no such thing as council culture. Okay, together, let's just all do a thought experiment. Let's just think this through. How do you counsel a person? A certain sect of people will have you believe that all it takes is a few people on the internet to get together and say they don't like something, and then that scares a company, and then that person loses their jobs and never able to work again. If that was true, then Colin Kaepernick would be playing in the NFL right now. Because a lot of folks, black folks, jumped up and down and protested him not being in the NFL. But the only person I saw truly counseling, being counseled, was Colin Kaepernick. You know who he was counseled by? The president. Yep, president of the United States. Called him SOB. Said he shouldn't be working. Took away the job. But nobody was railing against that and saying that was council coach. The president used the full power of the United States of America, the power of the bully pulpit, to tell the NFL not to hire a black quarterback. But nobody talks about that. Nobody uses that as an example of council culture. But you know what y'all say? Oh, comedians, they can't say slanderous stuff no more. That, that's the example y'all guys use, right? Was that not council culture? Nope. You know the argument y'all guys said? The argument you said was that it was a guy being defiant at the workhouse. Y'all said he was breaking the rules, which really he wasn't because nothing was in the players and the owner's agreement that said you couldn't protest at work. But, you know, whatever. But y'all said he was breaking rules and protesting on the clock and he deserved to get fired and he was anti-American. That's the only person I can actually think of that truly got canceled. But in most cases... What y'all call council culture is just really speaking truth to power and holding people accountable for their actions. And you are accountable for your actions. Notably, all you people railing council culture is a problem. I would hate to see what y'all would have did with Martin Luther King boycotted the buses in Alabama. Y'all be like, man, why he counseling the bus stops? I, I don't get it. The, the bus owners didn't do anything. That's the problem with council culture. Seriously, are boycotts council culture? Because you have a right to spend your money anywhere you see fit. And this goes doubly true for the entertainment business. If you're in the entertainment business, man, a private company like NBC or HBO or something like that, why would they hire you if a large subset of the community, the audience, the people who are watching you don't like you? That's just, that's just man, basic capitalism, man. Like, yo, if I hire you, and nobody likes you, why would I do it? I can't make money like that. And we're not looking at that. Like, when you talk about, like, counseling and entertainment, dog, the name of the game in entertainment is folks gotta like you, bro. And the sad thing is, most of the folks y'all claim are getting canceled in entertainment, still working. Mel Gibson, y'all said dude was canceled. Still working. Uh, Hell, Louis C.K., dude was jacking off in front of women. Like, nine times, 12 times. Like, 
totally unacceptable workplace behavior, man. Like, anybody need to get fired for that. Dude's still working. Uh, Kevin Hart. Y'all said Kevin Hart was canceled, which he was not canceled, man. Okay, first, you're not entitled to host the damn Oscars. Like, dude had the highest grossing movie that year, had the highest grossing stand-up uh, special that year, and boo-hoo, dude didn't host the Oscar because of cancel culture. All right, dude. As a matter of fact, he didn't get canceled, man. Dude just didn't apologize, bro. And that's really, like, the, the secret sauce to everything. If you apologize, in most cases, you'll get forgiveness. That's really it is. A lot of people, they double down on their unapologetically whatever they're doing shit. And that's cool. Like, if you the type of person who want to double down, cool, but just ride with that, man. Once again, stand by what you say and the actions that fall behind it. So Kevin Hart did not get canceled. Dude just said, you know what? I'm pulling myself out because I don't feel like apologizing for something I did 20 years ago, which is cool. If you don't feel like you should apologize, cool. But once again, he's not entitled to host the damn Oscars. But dude's still working. Not canceled. Ellen DeGeneres. People say, oh, they canceled Ellen. Ah. Because she can't treat her employees abusively and call them pieces of shit. Oh. Why can't I abuse the people who work for me? I'm getting canceled. Still working. Bill Maher talks about cancel culture being a problem just because he'll go to college campuses and they won't laugh at his damn jokes. And yo, man, y'all comedians got to get over yourselves, dog. Like, if you're an older comedian in your 40s on up, yeah, yeah, young dudes probably ain't going to laugh at your damn jokes. Young folks just probably ain't feeling you, dog. Like, that ain't your target age group, my guy. That ain't council culture. It's just you being old and out of touch. You know? Go punch up your material, my guy. Like, seriously. Like, a lot of y'all folks think y'all George Carlin, and you're not, dog. But Bill Maher is another guy. Oh, council culture is a problem. You can't say nothing on campus. It ain't like it used to be. Of course it ain't how it used to be, dog. Shit changes. And once again, as a comedian, you should be able to change with the landscape. Or am I giving comedians too much credit? Like, yo, a good example of this was uh, Eddie Murphy, right? When um, I think it was like four years ago, people was like, yeah, man, oh, Eddie Murphy did a lot of uh, homophobic jokes, which he did. He did. And Eddie Murphy said, you know what? Oh, my bad. Sorry. Yeah, that's, that's where I was at that time in my life. And guess what happened? Everybody said, cool. <laughs> no problem, dog. <laughs> no issues. It ain't council culture, man. Most cases, man, these comedians are just, man, booty. Or telling bad jokes. Punch up your material, my guy. It ain't council culture, man. Council culture has been used as a buzzword for when people don't want to hear the opposing side's opinion. I don't want to hear your opinion. You're counseling me. I can't say whatever I want to say without consequences. You're counseling me. <laughs> I can't say racist stuff right now. You're counseling me. I can't jack off in front of women. You're counseling me. Um, who was old boy that got fired from uh, Saturday Night Live? And they tried to say that, uh, he was uh, a victim of council culture. Oh, who was dude? No, who, dude uh, what was dude name? What was his name? Um, Yeah, Shane Gillis. Like, people said Shane Gillis was getting canceled from Saturday Night Live. He can't tell any jokes. He was getting canceled because he was a Trump supporter. He made some Asian jokes. 
And honestly, dude didn't make no jokes. He got fired because what he said on the podcast was not a joke whatsoever. No setup, no punchline. And say what you want about Dave Chappelle. He said it during a comedy special. Once again, comedians have a lot of levity. If you're on stage working out a joke, that's different from being on a podcast and being like, yo, call it agents, you know, the C word. (laughs) Call it uh, gay people, the F word. That's what he did on the podcast. That's totally different from being on stage. Totally different format. People try to say that was council culture. Come on, dog. What y'all talking about? It don't exist, man. Stop letting these folks gas you up, dog. Stop letting these folks gas you up and believe in shit is true when it's not, dog. Hold these folks accountable for their words. Back to the gay and trans employees walking out of Netflix. It's their right to do so. They can do that, man. That is their right. Okay, honest question. What's the difference between people at Netflix walking out of their job and making a stand versus the idiots who are anti-vax and not getting vaccines and losing their damn jobs? Nothing. Both of them have a right to take a stand. I can disagree with those stands, but I'm not going to knock them for taking a stand. Like, one thing about Kyrie Irving, right? Like, people, like, are dogging Kyrie Irving and shitting on him. But, like, look, look, dude's making a principal stand. I respect the stand. I think what he's standing for is stupid, but I respect the fact that he's willing to put his job on the line for that. So these folks at Netflix willing to put their job on the line for that? Cool, I respect that. Let them do that. But I'm just telling y'all, council culture ain't real. But I don't know, man. Make a decision yourself. <laughs> Yo, Marcus L. Spade Johnson here, also known by DJ L. Spade. And I got a new album coming out November 16th. L. Spade year two, and I will be ecstatic. You guys, go stream that or buy it. Blessings. November 16th, L. Spade year two. So I'm putting out an album, El Spadia 2, uh, November the 16th. And just a point of privilege, I wanted to kind of talk about that, man. And like, why am I putting out this album? Man, like, my manager, my publicist, my agent, everybody has told me that it is not the correct climate right now to put out an album. Albums are dead. People's attention spans aren't that long. You should just keep on putting out singles. And the honest to God truth is, man, I'm putting out this album because I don't think I'm really going to put out too many more rap albums, like full bodies of work. Like, yeah, I'm going to keep on doing music, scoring music and, you know, helping K-Rider out and other people out uh, and producing for them. But like me, myself personally, just rapping I'll see a rap, but like just putting out a whole project, a rap album. I don't know. Not really feeling it no more. Maybe an EP, but not an album. So I kind of wanted to like close it with El Spadia too. And a, a constant question I keep getting asked is what is El Spadia? Like, why are you calling your albums El Spadia? Well, El Spadia is a place I made up in my mind. It's the place I go where I can do no wrong and I can be at peace. It's my kingdom. 
It's basically the kingdom I made for myself. Call it a safe space, call it a happy place, but that's my place. It's called El Spadia. It's a place I go within myself to find peace. I generally find peace when I'm making music, when I'm making raps. And that place is El Spadia to me. It's my nirvana, right? The thing with the first album was I kind of consider myself a hero. Like, yo, I'm a hero. I'm breaking new grounds. I'm starting something new in Japan. I'm breaking into the hip-hop scene. I felt like a hero. But like five years, six years, seven years into the game now, man, I kind of feel like the villain, dude. And not like even a villain in the sense that I'm doing something bad, but I realize in everybody's life story sometimes that you're the villain. You may want to be the protagonist, but you're not. Sometimes you're the villain in people's story. And on this album, man, I'm really just trying to Man, let a lot of stuff off my shoulders. Like, a lot of stuff I haven't talked about or I haven't dealt with, I'm trying to deal with it openly on this album. So I felt like, yo, coming off of COVID and being in quarantine and having bouts with depression all my life, why not just put out an album, dude, that expresses all of that? And that's what I did, man. El Spadia 2. And I'm hoping everybody enjoy it. And also to like round off like what I'm doing, I'm also going to do a segment called Rules of the Gang where I'm trying to like maybe expose a few pitfalls that up and coming artists don't know about it because I've been independent for a long time. And a lot of y'all don't know, I was on a record label too. <laughs> I had a record deal and inevitably the first record deal I had was shitty as hell. After that, I went straight up independent. And there's a lot of pitfalls that people don't know about. So I'm going to do a segment called rules of the game so hopefully i can expose some of the pitfalls because i think the problem with us older people is we don't drop game to the younger generation so i'm gonna do that too and uh like take the advice you ain't gotta use it whatever but else better too november 16th let's get it <laughs>